Well, if you haven't read this, you need to. A new deep dive in The New Yorker painting a stunning portrait of Elon Musk, stunning in multiple ways. The focus on the billionaire's growing influence in both the war on Ukraine and the U.S. government at large. According to the new report, while on a call with Pentagon officials about his company's satellite-based Internet that Ukrainian troops have been really relying on on the battlefield, he mentioned that he had a conversation. He spoke to Russian President Vladimir Putin. Musk has previously denied speaking to Putin, but the former Undersecretary for Defense of Policy told the magazine that Musk said that he had spoken to the Russian president. At the same time, U.S. defense officials were worried he might suddenly decide to pull Starlink Internet out of Ukraine. The Undersecretary also told the reporter, the journalist who wrote all of this, Ronan Farrow, that Musk appeared anxious that Russia might see his company's involvement as enabling the war to prolong on Ukraine. Pharaoh reports that Musk's influence within the U.S. government is widespread and that over the last two decades, quote, Musk has sought out business opportunities in crucial areas where, after decades of privatization, the state has receded. The government is now reliant on him, but struggles to respond to his risk-taking, brinkmanship, and caprice. The New Yorker contributing writer Ronan Pharaoh joins us now. On his latest article, Elon Musk's shadow rule, how the U.S. government came to rely on the tech billionaire and is now struggling to rein him in. This is a fascinating piece, and I was talking to you during the break about there is a line here where you are, you know, trying to get some questions from the Pentagon about uh, Elon Musk. And the spokesman says that, and this is a quote here, uh, we'll talk to you if Elon wants us to. I mean, there seems to be a degree of deference here from the Pentagon. I mean, that's a small manifestation of the balance of power we're talking about between this private individual who has become so wealthy and so powerful in different fields and the government, the actual state. And we were talking about this in the break a little bit. That is a complicated dynamic. That is something that has some pros, right? Mm -hmm. This is a person who has advanced various fields in meaningful ways. Uh, there is a reason the U.S. government is so reliant on him in all of these ways. But at the same time, he is someone who has behaved erratically. And the fact that we're getting that kind of uh, communication from the government as journalists, like, will go through this private individual, yeah. that's, that's pretty unusual. And it is a, a small but significant sign of just how beholden they are. And one thing I thought was so interesting is how you highlight in the piece, you write national security officials I spoke with, meaning you, had a wide range of views on the government's balance of power with Musk. A supporter of his is General Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, who spoke to you sort of glowingly about him. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, the framework for several of those conversations with people who were so supportive of him was that all the conversations in advance and with their teams we're about, okay, but we want to make sure we're, we're making clear to Elon that we're supportive of him. So, so you really get a little glimpse into just the texture of the relationships. There is nothing wrong with those kinds of warm relationships, obviously, between a private individual and significant government leadership, uh, even in the context of a, a military contractor relationship. But this is something more and different. And, you know, I talked to a lot of historians to get a sense of how new this is. The fact that we can only put crew into space, that NASA has to go through Elon Musk and no one else. The only alternative we have right now at this moment, probably for the next year, is sending people up via Russian launches. Mm -hmm. uh, the fact that if we want to advance green energy policies around electric vehicles, we got to go through Elon and his charging stations because he's got 60% right. of the stations in the country. Right. Historians told me that is a new extreme and a newly political dimension to this kind of private yeah. power. 
Specifically on the uh, Russia's war in Ukraine, I think the most obvious example for most people at home is when he decided to uh, end the Internet service through Starlink that he exclusively offers to uh, the Ukrainian uh, military. And that's how they communicate, obviously. Uh, he then reversed that, he bemoaned the cost. But is the, the Pentagon, is the government attempting to unravel this at all now that everyone knows the dependence? Well, two things happened. One is at the end of this story that is one of the many stories told in, in this profile uh, of a standoff over Internet access in Ukraine, where it appears he was talking to Vladimir Putin. He was telling multiple people that at the time, though, as you point out, he has since tried to deny that. Um, and then he was curtailing access specifically in areas that Russia was contesting. Um, at the end of that, one of the things that happened was the Pentagon did pay up. They just said, you know, we're going to get a deal in place to make sure this doesn't shut off entirely. But, you know, the other thing that happened is uh, people on the ground in Ukraine, people on the front lines remained spooked, right? Right. We bought his services apparently at a very, you know, generous rate. Um, this is a situation where metaphorically he had the U.S. government and the Ukrainians at gunpoint. Yeah. And to this day, they do fear that he is going to curtail service more. It's so very hard to get people to talk in that context, and I'm glad that some did. Once you get into the sort of middle of the piece, you back into his life, and you go to his childhood, his first marriage, his losing his first child, all of these things that created the Musk that we know. Can you speak about the Musk that we know now via X, formerly Twitter, and you talk at the end about him taking on AI? And the, the way that we've seen him operate and conduct himself both with Twitter and now with AI, because you quote Sam Altman, a huge figure in AI, saying, Elon desperately wants the world to be saved, but only if he can be the one to save it. This was a common sentiment amongst Elon Musk's peers, that he does this very significant uh, work that at, at times, uh, in my mind, there's no doubt, it's a net positive for all of us, right? Even in some of these spaces where there have been problems, uh, the Ukrainians needed that access to satellite internet. It created a bulwark against Russia's cyber attacks. Uh, in the case of you know, launches through NASA, uh, we are now no longer reliant on the Russians to do that. Uh, NASA officials told me we're moving faster mm -hmm. in some of these cases. But the Twitter thing's different. But the, but the Twitter thing is different, right. And we, we're seeing in these recent years that Elon Musk has behaved erratically at times, that the biographical facts that you mentioned uh, that have led to him at times talking about his loneliness, his sadness, um, the fact that there have been questions about his psychopharmacology and public reports about, uh, you know, the Tesla board being concerned about his ambient use. Uh, ketamine. The ketamine about. use that I, that I write about. Uh, th these are all things that can be used in a legal and healthy way. However, there is concern, you know, that this is a human being that we're giving all of this power to. And there are very few checks on that power right now. I should say that uh, in the story, you say that you reached out to Elon Musk. He did not respond. Has there been any response since it's been published? Well, he, he actually declined to answer questions for the piece, uh, which is a subtle but significant difference from, from not sure, responding. Sure. And you know, it's, it's his prerogative to do that. The interesting thing about Elon Musk is he's been the subject of so many books, so many biographies, so many profiles. And he's a rare case where, like, the mystery is not him. He uh, is engaged in a stream of consciousness, you know, uh, a monologue about himself through a, a huge swath of public life. He is tweeting, now Xing, I guess we would say, because he renamed that company all the time. 
So we know a lot about him, and I felt like what we weren't hearing was what is it like for the other people on the other side of the table from him in all these sectors? I just think this is such a brilliant framing because we don't often talk about what he means for us, what he means for society in the world in America. And the, the, what did you write? You said the private power is the word you used. is just really important, so. Yeah, I, I appreciate you all having a thoughtful conversation about that. It's a, it's a little heady to get into, you know, historical economic uh, policy on a, on a morning show like this, but it is important and it does resonate with all of us, everyone we know, right? How much power we're putting in the hands of private people, individuals no who checks. can be uh, dangerous or erratic, right, under some circumstances for all the good they do. That's something we want to think and talk about. And, and there, there's a quote from a former NASA administrator in this piece, Jim Bridenstine, mm -hmm. a Trump appointee, uh, you know, a conservative in the new vein politician, uh, very uh, about protecting economic progress and not exalting government power. However, he says such a powerful thing. We have to understand that too much deregulation can also present dangers. And that if we're putting our eggs in one basket, the Elon basket, that could present some dangers. So the fact that even conservatives are saying that in this piece yeah. is meaningful. It is a fascinating piece. Um, Ronan Farrow, thank you for coming in to talk with us about it. Yeah, thank Congrats. you guys, great thank to be you. here. And we also reached out to Tesla, SpaceX, and Musk himself for comment and did not receive a response.